great. This is a Cleveland yeah. podcast fan <laughs> Phil because Captain decided to go skiing in negative two degree weather in the Catskills in New York or something. Yeah, uh, shame on him for Holiday Valley. Had a good time. Yeah, Holiday Valley. That's it. So episode three fifty nine. Wow. Phil. So uh, how's everybody doing today in this negative four thousand degree weather? Beautiful. Wonderful. I'm doing pretty good. How cold is it actually up there? It was negative one this morning in my front yard, and then the high today was 15. Right now, now it's 11. Yeah. Wow. But but it feels like 12. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, it's a dry um, cold. It's fine. It's a dry cold. I had to go over to Harley Bob's house today because his cameras quit working. Of course, the driveway isn't plowed. I had to park in his neighbor's driveway. And now, charge, wait a minute. Wait charge a minute. across the tundra to get to, into his you house. You have a Subaru. You should but, have drive right up it and park on the house. Yeah, there's a wait a minute. There's a six-foot plow bank in front of his house. Oh. So, so ask, ask Kromke where Holly, Harley Bob is uh, residing these days. He's in Mexico, like always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes to Puerto Vallarta or wherever the hell it is every year. For for six months. Yeah. Well, five. He was he was telling me about some of his escapades in the eighties down there. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of it had to do with Schneef. Dude, I didn't know it snowed in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Harley Bob's all right. We gotta get him back on the podcast. We should have booed him up for a, the Zoom cast and get him up from fucking Mexico, man. He doesn't really do anything. He's probably just sitting at home anyways. Yeah. Well, Kramke, get him on the friggin' phone for Christ's sake. Let's, let's go. <laughs> the hell's the matter with you? So, so Smith. Maybe you, next time. You missed, you missed a good solid Sunday last week, man. I know, I know. And I, I'm, I'm outside your front door right now knocking on the door, but you won't fucking answer your door. So, you know, I don't want to hear it. My wife but uh, I, I realized today that I have some pretty good scars to show that we did that shit last week. <laughs> so I, was willing to ki- I was willing to kiss it and make it better. Yeah. <laughs> I apparently so did anybody get busted up or what? Oh, I did. Yeah. Well, I think I got busted up the day before where me and John tried to ride on the ice before we put the spikes in the tires. That that's what messed me up. Those did the spikes were, work? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The the huh. thing that, the thing that kind of sucks is like we either have to get a Zamboni or like or plow the pond before you ride on it cuz like the the snow on top of it becomes slick. So like mm-hmm. you have like a like the ice and the the studs and the tires bite into the ice. But with the snow on top of it, you can hit snow and then slide out on the snow. Gotcha. Yeah. So Man, I got some you- ch- I got some chains for Piper's quad runner. Maybe we can like put the chains on and then put a shovel on the front of it. Yeah. Or something. Like deal. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea, man. So Mac, did you get busted up at all? No, I'm I'm fine. What about you, Dano? No, I'm good. I, I only did about four laps, but Apparently, I'm the only one that hurt himself severely, but that's okay. Well, you loser piece of shit. I waited 
I waited until Tuesday and then I slipped on the ice and hurt myself in front of my garage. <laughs> well, I need some of those screws. I want some of those screws to put into my shoes. Yeah, no shit. This morning I went to go get um I went and got gas and kerosene and stuff and uh filled my car up because it was so cold and I didn't have gas. But it was like eight, nine in the morning, and I stepped out the thing and slipped on the front steps and murdered myself. Like all the places I hurt ice racing, I re-injured today. And let's uh, see. Hold it up to the camera. Oh, I'll show you. That was mine. You don't want to see it. It's not pretty, man. I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were, you know, the sauna, you know, the, the naked sauna and stuff like that works out pretty well. So, so hey, did any of you guys see what the Misfits are doing today, right now, live? Uh, yep. Smith, did you hear about this at all? No, give me, give me the update. So you guys got to, like, listen, I know that they have a different style and that's them and everything, and we love them and everything like that, but you got to explain to me where the fun is in this. So what they've done is they've lined up, like, 20 of their friends, and their friends have loaded their motorcycles up with pillows and sleeping bags and all kinds of shit. And what they're doing is is they're in a parking lot, and they're going to sit on their motorcycles until somebody can't sit on it anymore. So they're not okay, riding, they're not doing anything. They're just sitting uh, on their motorcycles. I think I think at least what they need to do is like ride around in circles in the parking lot for hours and hours and hours and hours. the only time they can stop is for fuel. They can't get off the bike and they just need to keep doing that because just sitting you there to, on the you bike. Have to, you have to maintain contact with your bike. Right. Right. But what's the fun of sitting on a bike? Like what is the challenge or the fun? Is it just like Who's asking? Are they drinking? They're not drinking? No. What? So, so like, I was like, what we could do is go to Porco and sit at the bar, and the last person to fall off yeah. the bar stool is wins. Because that's that's that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. So, that's probably more challenging. So <laughs> let, me, yeah. let, me, let me say this. The, the misfits are doing this because they have so run out of things to talk about that they are completely devoid of entry, any kind of intelligence. Well, like, and on top of it, on your bike. No, 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 you. no, no. I wouldn't yeah. say that. Yeah. Let yeah. me stand up for the misfits here and that they have plenty of intelligence and that it, it to me, it's, it's not a bad idea. It's just the application of force. I mean, I get it. Let's see who can stay on their bike the longest, okay. but there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to ride your bike. Yeah, but you know what's going to suck? Have fun while you're doing the whole thing. And plus, it's not going to be the first person that falls off. It's going to be the last person that falls off, right? I mean, right. But you know what's going to make sense? Is the next three podcasts. Oh, yes, I am. Uh, the next three podcasts of the top 10 lists of sitting on your bike without moving. <laughs> like, what are, the top, <laughs> what are the top 10 bikes you'd like to sit on until your ass right. falls off? <laughs> You know, I, I wonder. I wonder if anybody, if anybody doing this right now is planning on just you know picking up their feet and riding off for a little bit, or yeah, <laughs> right. have, I think you should be allowed. Yeah, I don't know. Stop. I mean, there's nothing eating me up. I mean, yeah, I don't know. That it just seemed weird though. Like of all the things that you could do with all this stuff, and that's how. <laughs> I mean, you know I, mean would, I would end I would, up falling asleep on my bike and I'd fall off. <laughs> or right. you wouldn't and you'd win. 
That would be you. You'd just get comfortable on it and sit there, and then you'd wake up in the morning. Everybody's all sore and tired. You're like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I think that the whole thing is I would get super bored just sitting there, and it's like, how do you how could you possibly be bored on a motorcycle? It's like, well, I mean, what's the, what's the point? Having a, a burlesque show and stuff in front of them. So as they're sitting on their bikes, there's going to be drag queens wiggling around with butt cheeks and stuff going on. Well, there's just no Wait, point. Is that for real or is that sitting just on your idea? bike? No, they're just the sitting there doing nothing. The last update on Facebook, Liza said, like, oh, the burlesque show will start in, like, an hour or two or something. Uh, <laughs> are, they, are they raising money for something, or is there a point to this? Oh, uh, the winner is 1000 bucks, and I don't know where it came from. It's probably from the Misfits, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. I just don't get it. All right. What's next? Well, I think what we should come up with is a ramp, and then we have to have ramp settings so that we go from a half inch all the way up to seven feet. And then, you know, people keep going. Seven feet. Well, I'd be a big jump. <laughs> seven feet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you start with a 12-inch ramp, so that's like that big. What? Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, Ow! So you would, but I th- I like your name. Uh, we would have the Numb Nuts Challenge because we... As far as I know, everybody in our podcast does have a set of nuts. Well, that's what so they call it. The Dumb Nuts Challenge. Yeah. Oh, that's what they're calling it? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 a notion. I, I'm not against doing something like that, but I certainly don't think your bike should have to be stationary. Yeah. No, I, I think as long as you're in contact with your bike, and then that also brings more of a challenge. You decide you want to get off your bike and just hold your pinky while you're touching the bar. That's great. But if you miss, lose contact, you're out, you know? Yeah. yeah. You know, you can sleep on your bike if you want, but if you fall off and you lose contact, you're out. Yep. Yeah. So, so the last update I see is from an hour ago and, and Liza's walking around. Was she not participating in this or? She's usually the host. So I don't know if the uh, host participates or not. But another thing I thought was I mean, interesting is they all have I their- would love to be there because I'd be like feeding them drinks. I'd be like, here's the brown liquor. Come on, well, have a drink. You know, like- that's fine because they're all wearing helmets in full gear to sit on oh. their bike. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who's going to be the first person to pee on, on the motorcycle? <laughs> well, I think so it's a giant, them. it's a giant ride to nowhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what it sounds like. So, uh, so uh, John Snow Machine, I almost took uh-huh. him to work the other day uh-huh. because it was so snowy out here. And there's people that just drive him on the side of the roads. And I'm like, fuck, man, this might be the way to go in the winter. Just riding a snow machine around. Yeah, I'm sure that's what they do in like upstate New York. Yeah. Well, Chris will tell you Pete knows about that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was telling a story. I was talking to Pete Hemfling, and I guess he was up in upstate New York riding a snow machine with a buddy of his, and uh, for some reason, he lost control and this hit a mine. tree. It's whoever's. It's and, all the same. It's just a hit. hit. Well, he this hit one. The, he hit the tree. They're all the same, on. honey. They're all the same. What happened? He, John was fucking everything up. What did you say? So he hit the tree straight on. And uh, the next day, he, well, he, 
he said he did not remember driving back to the hotel that night. And, and then the next day, the guy he rode up there with there driving back to Cleveland and looked at Pete and said, do you have a black eye? And Pete turned to him and Pete, and the guy says, wait a minute, you got two black eyes. <laughs> so, so apparently Pete's head wearing a helmet must have whacked into the bars or some doggone thing. So I don't know whether he is uh, snow machine hit a dip or something like that and he lost control but it was not a glancing blow against the tree it was a uh, a dead on uh, doink so, well that's, uh, the, that's the thing about these snow machines like they're fun as shit like john's is fun as shit and it's faster than you think it's going to be but at that same point the steering is kind of like it's like vague yeah vague is a so good word how does it stop it's brake yeah, it has a disc brake that's connected to the drive line, so it stops pretty well. So it's not bad, but again, not on a dime. I mean, if you were hauling ass like 80, 90 miles an hour and you hit the brake, and <laughs> the skid, the ski is not gonna. You're gonna have twenty or thirty feet of sliding before you stop, man. At it, least does it? Does the track like if you lock it up? Does it behave sort of like if you lock up the back wheel, it'll start to slide a little bit, or like, yes, it will it, skid. You could probably okay. skid it sideways if you wanted. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but it's also crazy. What I didn't really understand until I was on it with B <laughs> is that even in a foot of snow, you can fall over. Like you can literally <laughs> like just lean too much and the fucking thing tips over. Which I didn't expect that. You know, it's like it's way more jet ski than you think it's going to be, even in like six to eight inches of snow. Well, Hem Hempling said that it will stop by a tree. <laughs> it will. <laughs> a tree will stop it nicely. Yeah, definitely. So, John, did you get the parts for that thing, the snow machine, or no? I did. I got the rebuild kit for the uh, recoil starter and everything. So next time I'm out there, we should be able to – no longer have to ratchet strap start it. All right. Well, I got so I got some stuff in the mail. So I got my seat cover material and I had the foam. Um, but I, I want to go on a rant for a minute. So I have two of the spring-loaded, um, like, industrial staple guns, you know, for stapling, like, real shit. Uh-huh. So I got the foam. I cut the foam. I was all excited to put my seat. I didn't take the old uh, old seat cover off. I was just going to redo a thing. Um, I got the seat material, and even the piece that I cut, I still have like two-thirds of it. So I have enough seat material for two more seats if you guys are interested. But anyways, I start stretching this shit over. Dude, fuck these stupid these, these stapler things, man. Like you need, a, you need a compressed air one or something. I'd get one staple in, then the next one wouldn't work, then that third one would jam, then the next staple wouldn't go into the fucking plastic. Like, these things suck. Like, they just... I have, a, I have an electric stapler that's pretty pretty good. It really slams them in there, and that's what I've used. All right, you might have to bring that over, and then I'll, I'll give you some foam and some seat cover material. But mm -hmm. I was pissed, man. I was all excited to get this shit. And then I couldn't, I, it, the staples won't go into the seat pan to hold the, the material. Well, that's not a wooden seat pan. That's a hard plastic seat pan. So it's, you know, it's going to take a little bit. Well, I know, but it's supposed to have like 50 foot pounds of fucking stapling force. And uh, it sucks. I mean, it just sucks. There's just no question about it. It blows ass. I do have an air nailer that supposedly will also shoot staples. So huh. it might come to that. 
Yeah, because, I mean, you can only use eighth-inch staples. Otherwise, it'll blow through the seat pan, and you'll be sitting on staples. So, you just, you know, it has to be the shorter ones. But that's that's okay for your seat, but not for mine. <laughs> oh, you want you want the longer ones popping through? On your seat. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, Sleepy, how, how dense is the foam that you got for for that seat? Uh, it's, it's fairly dense. It's like a, it's a cushion foam, but I was going to smash it down with the thing. So I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent convinced it's the right foam yet. Yeah. I bought some, I bought some foam and I'm not convinced it is either. Yeah. I'm almost thinking if I can find like an inch thick gel insert, even if it's not long enough, just cut it and tape it. I got, I got some of that weather or, um, Flex seal tape, the waterproof tape stuff. I was right. using it for something completely different, but that shit's awesome. Like you could but, definitely, you could definitely put two pieces of gel together with that stuff, and then slap it underneath there to make like a long jelly kind of thing for the seat. So, well, there was a there was an article I read about seat repair that said uh, a good thing to do is to get the really dense under carpet foam, uh, and then just glue it, you know, layers. Okay. Just glue it in layers until it's the thickness you want, and then you trim it with an electric knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's what I was going to do. And that, that's that's a pretty dense foam usually. Okay. Yeah, I'll look into that because, yeah, I wasn't really happy with this foam, but every time we ride the SSRs, my asshole hurts for, like, days afterwards because the seat has no cushion whatsoever. It has to be better if we do something. So, so yeah. Are you able, I mean, obviously this weekend is like super blizzard death storm or something, but um, when it's not this week, are you able, like, what's the weather like down in uh, South Carolina, North Carolina generally? Um, well, this is the third weekend in a row that there's been snow actually accumulating on the ground. Oh. Um, and so I haven't been, I mean, to be honest, I, I don't ride my motorcycles and I don't even work on them lately. <laughs> Uh, but I'd, I'd like to eventually get back out there. I, I think um, this week should warm back up a little bit. Um, really, it's it's been pretty unpre unpredictable. Um, I know we're always talking about Ohio weather being all over the place, and it's kind of been that way down here, too. Do people lose their minds when there's snow down there? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, like I haven't really. Like when you're driving, you're used to it, so you're probably like the guy. Like everybody else is freaking out. Well, yeah, but but my my uh, car has like super low profile autocross tires, so really under fifty degrees, they start slipping pretty bad. Uh, even if there's no ice or snow on the ground, so I haven't really been driving a whole lot recently. I thought um, I thought you had two sets of tires, like the normal ones and your autocross ones. No, I I, um, I only have the autocross ones. I, I never bought another set of tires for the. I I normally have like like high performance summer tires and winter tires at least, um, but I never set up bought a set of winter tires for the the Hyundai because I bought it what last last yeah about a year ago a little over a year ago, and uh, at the time I was like well I don't really know if I'm going to be sticking around a place that has snow so I'm not going to buy snow tires. So that first winter, I just didn't drive it for five months. Um, but yeah, that's that's where we're at with that. 
Right, who's got a TV on in the background? Not me. I do. Okay. Hey, you want to hear a joke? Yes. Yep. So a man is in bed with his wife, and there's a knock at the door. He rolls over and looks at the clock, and it's 3 a.m. I'm not getting out of bed at this time, he thinks, and he rolls over. <clears throat> then the, lock is now, the knock is louder, and his wife says, aren't you going to answer that? So he drags himself out of bed and goes downstairs. He opens the door, and there's a man standing at the door. And it didn't take him long to realize the man's drunk. Hi there, slurs the stranger. Can you give me a push? No, get lost. It's 3 a.m. I was in bed. And he slams the door, goes back up to bed, and tells his wife what happened. And she says, Dave, that wasn't very nice. Remember the night we broke down in the rain on the way to pick up the kids from the babysitter, and you had to knock on that man's door to get us started again? What would have happened if he told, told us to get lost? But the guy was drunk, said the husband. Doesn't matter, says the wife. He needs our help, and it would be the Christian thing for you to do, go down and help him out. So the husband hauls his ass out of bed and goes down and gets dressed, and he opens the door, and he says to the stranger, hey, do you still want to push? And he hears a voice cry out and say, yes, please. And the guy says, where are you? And the guy says, I'm over here on your swing. No. That was long for a very bad That's pretty funny. funny. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, just the other night, um, probably around 2 in the morning, dead asleep, and our alarm starts going off. And I run down the stairs to see that our the door going to our garage is open. And our cat, it wasn't shut all the way. Our cat clawed it open and went out into the garage and set the alarm off. And then, so I was like, all right, that's great. Shut the door, got the cat, blah, 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 blah. But then I went back upstairs and I was like, well, what was my plan there? <laughs> like, what if someone was breaking into the house and I just ran down the stairs and was like, I don't know, annoyed more than anything. It's like, well. Dude, I, I, had, I had something like that the other night. So um, January 7th was my daughter's birthday. And because my wife is my wife, she has taught my daughter about birthday month. Where, like, not only do you have a birthday, you have a birthday month. And, like, during that month, you get special things. Like, you can leave your birthday decorations all over the fucking house for a month. Okay? So, she had her little party here a couple weeks ago and stuff. And there's balloons all over the place. I haven't thought about them. They're just, like, whatever. I figured in a week or two, we'll take them down. So, the other day, I was really, I was having pain just from my arthritis and the cold weather and stuff. So, I medicated myself with my homegrown medication and I had a couple of beers and I'm sitting in the chair, just comfortably relaxing, watching some stupid show and I'm kind of falling asleep. And uh, B and Amy were upstairs. So I was by myself downstairs and I'm nodding out. And as I'm nodding out, my eyes are kind of looking over. And then I kind of come to again for a minute and there's a fucking entity drifting toward me. <laughs> I'm like, the fuck is that? And then I got kind of nervous. And so I kind of opened my eyes again and it's kind of dark in the room. And it, I'm like, holy shit, there's something drifting toward me. So I jump out and I'm stabbing and punching and fucking going ape shit. And this poor balloon just gets fucking pummeled and falls <laughs> out and goes in the other direction. This balloon, because of the, 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 the log furnace, 
the heat, like it must have just created enough of a wave that it picked the balloon up and was just floating it toward me. I Air thought current. it was fucking. I thought it was Satan himself, dude. I was about to stab him with the TV remote, man. It was oh shit, scared the hell out of me. So, yeah, that was my big excitement <laughs> for the other night. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I do have an announcement. So, I am oh, selling my FJ. I'm going to have either Phil do it or something, and I am getting a, an Africa twin. I decided that I need an Africa twin. So, I'm going to sell the FJ, take the proceeds, try to scrape together a few bucks. I want to get an Africa twin. Not a new one, a used one, because, like, used ones are down to, like, 8509 grand now, and I could probably get about seventy five for the FJ, so I need about a G. What color do you want? Um, I don't really care. And none of them, I mean, I would love the what, like, if I could get the um, Adventure Sport, the bigger tank with the, the red, red, white, and blue one with yeah, the gold wheels. I, I would yeah. definitely take that in a heartbeat. But my my choice is going to be budget limited. <laughs> whatever, whatever Africa Twin I can find. That the only thing I got going for me though is I do not want a DTC. As much as I believe in the technology, mm-hmm. and I think it's cool, and I think that a lot of bikes are going there. I still want to have gears. I don't want I don't want that DTC thing just yet. So, but yeah, I mean, I was like trying to think of a bike that I just want something comfortable, reliable and something like that. The FJ is all that, but I just don't like it. It just didn't gel with mm-hmm. it. Have so, you ridden Steve's Africa twin? No, I've ridden somebody else's for a brief moment, but um, it was so smooth and comfortable. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, did, I think it's the bike. I think it's the bike and what I want to have and put some miles on. So we'll see. I mean, that's my plan. I think you should get a Versys. That that's a good bike too, man. I can't dog the Versys, but I'm a Honda guy at heart. Which, coming from you, you should be a Honda guy at heart too. I am a Honda guy at heart, and I would love to have an Africa twin. I mean, you, every time I've ridden Steve's, it's been a, a joy. Yeah, you put more miles on Steve's than Steve has. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd say that. He does ride it quite a bit, but yeah. then too, it's one of many bikes in his stable, so. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I just got to make it happen. I'm going to see if Phil can do a consignment deal and, like, I'll tell him, like, you know, what I need out of the FJ and let him sell it and make some money, but just move it that way. That way I don't have to deal with people because I hate dealing with people. Mm-hmm. Well, don't we all, but so does Phil. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not giving him a shitty bike to sell. I mean, like, it's not going to be a problem. The bike's a good bike. It's just I just don't like it. That's the, that's the problem with it. It's got, I thought you liked that bike. No, nah, the FJ, I hate it. The, uh, so that triple, so like the Triumph is a triple, and I love that motor. It's smooth yeah. and it's good and all this stuff. The FJ has a weird vibration, and like people call it character, and to me it's just not character. So it's not like there's something wrong with mine. All of them have it. But between <laughs> 4,800 and 5,500, it has like a weird kind of vibey vibe kind of vibration. And so it makes you either – I'm kind of a lugging dude. Like when I like, if I have a bike, I'll ride it at 3,500 RPMs and kind of at the lower yeah. end of it to get some you know, fuel mileage or something. And the FJ, you can't do that. You got to be up around five grand, 4,800, 4,500 to keep it happy. And I just, that's not my style of riding. So that's, I kind of fell out of love with the bike. <laughs> so it's not a bad bike. I mean, it handles well, the suspension. I mean, the dude added before I got it, he added custom suspension, some kind of, you know, cartridge inserts and a really nice shock in the back so the suspension's nice everything's cool but me and that me and that motor just don't get along man i don't know what it is about it i just don't like it so 
but it is kind of interesting to learn that like i don't like a bike so like that means like you know like bikes do have character and like you know everybody in the world might love a bike but it just might not fit you you know like your sure. sense or whatever so that was kind of cool i guess to find that out mm-hmm. how long have you had that like probably two or three years right um two years yeah i've had it two years i put i got it with twelve thousand miles and it's at 21 so i put i don't know math number of miles <laughs> yeah, yeah almost ten thousand really miles surprised if you don't, i'd like to ride it at some point because i rode my buddy's fj 09 in california for a couple of days and it was like awesome no everybody so I wonder, for me i think it's you, just me but then again, most of that, that was a lot of highway stuff. So it was never really lugging in a, you know, so maybe I was just in the sweet spot at the time. I don't know. No, because I mean, there's some days, there's some days where I don't mind it. The, 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 the day that me and Smith, um, I don't even know who else came with us, but we went to Toledo. Who came with us, Smith, when we went to Toledo? No, just you and I. We went to the, oh, well, to the brewery or up to Detroit to buy beer? Well, no, to the brewery. Mommy, yeah, it's just you and I going to Mommy okay. Company. And like, I didn't mind the bike that day. Like, it didn't bother me at all. But then on other days, like, I just get into a weird vibe where, like, that fucking vibration, I want to punch the bike in the face. But on other well, days, I never... if you remember when we were driving up to Mommy, I was going so slow just to wait for your ass. So I know, I know. Yeah, well, you know me. I notice even with uh, with my verses, like. You know, if you're buzzing along and then just like, you know, on the highway, grab the clutch and let it coast. It's amazing how much vibration goes away when the engine isn't hooked to the driveline anymore. Yeah. But you might want to try that a couple times with that just to make sure that the vibration is coming from the engine and not from, you know, a set of tires that's wearing bad or something like that. Well, yeah, but it's not like a vibration. It's hard to explain. It's just the character of that motor. Like, mm. Because like you'll like you'll be riding and like you'll be doing like up to like thirty five hundred RPMs or something smooth as shit. Then it gets into that funky area where it's like the the like thirty eight to fifty one fifty two RPMs fifty two hundred and it just gets like it resonates or something. Yeah, it just well, feels- nobody has ever said that a three cylinder was the most balanced motor. I don't think. No, but the Triumph is fucking great. The Triumph feels smooth and like. It feels like you have something growling underneath you, but it's not annoying at all. Like, I, I really... Yeah, but it's also not putting out half the horsepower. It's only about half the horsepower. True. So, true. yeah. But and I, I don't know. Does one bike... Uh, I don't think the, tri- the Triumph doesn't have a, a balance shaft or counter shaft, does it? I don't think so. I don't, the FJ, I don't know about the FJ, though. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Well, you know, my, my America with the Triumph Parallel Twin... It's got, there are certain speeds and RPMs that that engine doesn't like. It's weird. It is weird like that. You know, what's weird is that like, like motorcycles as as refined as most of them are, the fact that like, we're all still talking about valve adjustments and shit at like 10,000 miles and stuff. When cars now, like my Hyundai is like at 240,000 miles, you might want to check the valves. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's crazy that cars have moved that far forward compared to motorcycles. John, is that like a tolerance thing? Like, why is that, that bikes need that shit fucking checked compared to cars? Well, I mean, you don't, in a Harley Davidson with hydraulic lifters, you don't need to, it's hydraulic lifters. Right. So right. if you've got hydraulic lifters, they adjust themselves. Yeah. So it's that simple. And that's why 
you know, I've talked about like the, the Nighthawk 700 SC or whatever was a cool, cool motor that it was shim over bucket, but hydraulic buckets. Like it's, you never have to, you never have to adjust the valves. So why don't they do that with more bikes? Is it a cost thing or like, why, why is it still just like here, take half your well, fucking apart every 5,000 miles or 10,000 miles? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, typically like the hydraulic lifters are going to be on a push rod motor. So, you know, it's kind of, it's odd to find them on a dual overhead cam. I honestly, I don't know. I mean, hmm. is it cheaper? With- I mean, I, I, you know, maybe, you know, if you're going for maximum horsepower and minimum tolerance, you don't want the hydraulic lifters because you can't get the, but I don't, you know, same valve speed or something. I don't know. It's I, a, I, yeah, I have to look. I would. I would need to educate myself on that more <laughs> to see why. I I took apart a hydraulic lifter um, when my dad was rebuilding his his BMW his BMW three series engine. He had he replaced all the, the hydraulic lifters and and I took one apart. There's not a whole lot to it, you know. It, it, it the funny thing is is it seems like something that'd be easy to retrofit into any motor. But it wouldn't. But if you have a single overhead cam motor, where are you going to put that hydraulic lifter in between? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and even and then like with a dual overhead cam, I think, and I haven't had one of those apart. I think they like kind of put them underneath the bucket between the bucket and the and, and the, the valve. The valve somehow. Right. You know, that's I, that's how the the BMW was. Is it yeah. was underneath the bucket? So what was it? So, Crack that sucker open. Not a whole lot. It's just like a, it's a sleeve. And then there's another little uh, a piston, if you will, that fits in the mm-hmm. sleeve. And really all it is, is oil pressure gets in there and it expands. It takes up the slack and yeah. that's it. Hmm. That's it. That's it. There's not, there's nothing fancy it, going on. It seems like they can make that work with other motors, man. I would think so. Yeah. Hmm. And again, they do. Uh, Royal Enfields, Harley Davidsons, they have hydraulic lifters. The clearance is zero. Valve clearance, zero. Yeah. The lifter takes up all the slack. Do you see that uh, Harley dropped their new thing and people are like, it's very divided now? Because the Harley- Pan American. Are, are you talking about the Pan American? No, they had, they had a new release. And I, I'm fucking an idiot. I can't remember what it is. But it's... Uh, it's it's back to like uh, an FLXH or it's whatever it's 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 like their their soft tail kind of fucking whatever it's like it, they made a big deal about it but it's very retro looking and like so a lot of people were like we thought Harley was going in a new direction because the Pan America and the motor and all this stuff is great and everything then they drop this and it's kind of like they're they're like they won't let go of their roots they got to hold on to it just in case in case all the the, the cowboys get mad that they're not going to have any more super heavy old school looking bikes so is it the lowrider st yeah that's or? it yeah was it did you find the article or something i found a article um and it just kind of looks like any old harley davidson to me at least yeah so whatever that whatever the designation is is what the lowrider designation is like the what is it the fxht yeah that's it yeah but that was I it. still can't understand why Harley Davidson has a problem making a sport bike. You know, I mean, a fully fair. They they had some beautiful race bikes back in the day. 
Yep. I don't, you know, they, they've just bowed out of that. They're not going to do it, but well, look man, at all the I think it'd be cool. Why wouldn't they lean into the whole street tracker thing? Like guys sure. are fucking losing their minds over street trackers and stuff. And they had that. Well, you can, you can't even find them. What was it like a 2008 or 12, the 1200 XR street tracker? fucking thing yep. that they did people love that bike and yet it's hard look what india look what indian did with the ftr that ftr 1200 fucking cool bike and then they've been doing a lot of racing and stuff with it like yeah why did harley davidson just say we're not you know oh we're not even going to try to answer that call yeah i don't know it's really weird nope nope we'll just let them have that niche we won't we won't dabble in that we're we're comfortable with what we've got right that's because the Probably. world doesn't have enough baggers <laughs> well I'll, I'll say that the harley davidson pan america looks pretty cool with those uh gv bags on it and, and who uh, are you going to race with that i mean no harley davidson harley davidson's aren't race bikes the only <laughs> the only yeah. race that they're in is the the bagger race and that's because you're only racing against other harley davidson baggers or yeah. until an indian well, showed up and beat and beat them all yeah well, right. the, pan, the pan americans not set up the race the pan americans set up to go from, you know, the tip of South America up to uh, the tip of North America. So and I'll rub the Pan America's nose and shit on my fucking KLR 650 that's and, been around and, for 20 and, years. And, and as you should, but, the, you know, this is a bike that they've never offered to anybody, and that's a market that they're not in, so they're trying to get into that market to see if they can make some waves. So I'll give you that. It was bold. At least they tried to do something yeah, different. Absolutely. Like, and now that it's been out for like a year, even the long-term reviews and all the people that own them and stuff like that, nobody's mad at the bike. They say it's a really fucking good bike. Like, yeah. like even the haters, they've had haters that were like, oh, it's a fucking Harley. Fuck it. Ride it. And they're like, okay, yeah, you know what? You guys did a pretty good job with this bike. You so, know, speaking yeah. of bold, look at that. And I don't know what rock I've been living under, but it says that's a 2021 Sportster. Yeah. Well, it's actually coming out now, but yeah, whatever. Oh, okay. But yeah, so. with the plates and all that stuff. That Remember, we talked, or maybe you weren't on the podcast, but we it's talked. Kinda, it's kind of neat looking. It I is. mean, build a Sportster that is indeed a Sportster that has yep. a fairing, that has a race posture, that has, wow. I mean, build it out of a V-twin. I mean, Ducati makes a V-twin. I mean, Build a high horsepower Sportster motor in a Sportster aluminum frame. Maybe throw a little carbon fiber here and there. I mean, make it Absolutely. a you know a black and orange race bike. Yeah, you can have it in any color you want as long as it's black or orange. Yep, mm -hmm. and then you can have the That'd blue feathers cool. on it, like the old uh, the the that race bike you're talking about, because that was the best part. It was black yeah. on one side, orange on the other, and it had the fucking crazy blue headers. Oh yeah, uh, mm. yeah. That was cool. That was definitely cool. So, yeah. uh, so did you have you been outside playing around since, or was it too cold for you? It is too cold, man. Like all I've been doing is just working on the house, putting some stuff away. I built Amy her cat sanctuary. Fucking, she got a new Coleman Coleman cooler that we had to mm. cut holes in and put a cat door in to put back in the thing for the barn cats. For the cat house. Yeah, the cat house. I'm in the cat room right now, which is great, I guess. Hey, cats. But, uh, and then. Try to avoid any kind of catastrophe. <laughs> exactly. So, um, the, the day that the kids had the snow day, B was all excited thinking Piper was coming over. And yeah. I, I told her, I was like, I don't know. But now anytime 
if I mention you, she automatically automatically assumes that Piper's coming. So yeah, yeah it's kind of funny. I can't show up without my daughter. That's that's yeah, not it's coming down. Not to- a surprise. Uh, it just got. It was a little cold that day. I mean, that's the whole reason school was called off. And Piper rarely gets a down day. She's so busy with school and swimming and stuff. And she was like, I just want to chill out. So Yeah, no, it was fucking freezing, dude. It's cold today. I went out. And then I would have liked to have maybe stopped out yesterday, but my wife was off and I've had that wood burn that wood insert laying around for a month and I just finally decided, you know what? I'm gonna have to carve this thing into the fireplace myself and I did. Yeah, you got it in. It it works pretty good, right? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's not making my house 80 degrees, but it, if I get it, once I get it up to speed, it does seem like it's stalling out my thermostat and my my furnace is staying off for a while. So. Yeah, that's what we found. Like, so when we're like, we're running it right now. I'm, I'm actually using the last of my wood. I got to get wood tomorrow. But um, mm-hmm. like, it'll heat the whole downstairs, get it up to like 72, 73. But then it mm-hmm. also shuts off our heater. So all the upstairs <laughs> rooms don't get anything. And so it's kind of yeah. nice because then when you go to bed, you're freezing. Yeah. You pile on all the blankets and you fall asleep. But then on the night, the, the, the fire dies, then the heater kicks back on, and then you wake up and it's 70 degrees and you're fine. Like, it's, it, it's pretty cool. And then you see. Well, I, hadn't, I hadn't noticed, but when I went and looked at my thermostat, my fan was actually on on instead of auto. So what it was doing, it was heating up the room, but the, the furnace fan kept it was like on low. And so it was sucking all the, blowing all the warm air all over the house, uh, but it was still staying at like 70 degrees yeah. at, like you said, it was like single digits this morning. So, I mean, it wasn't like 90 degrees in any one room, you know, unless you're standing right on top of it, but it was nice. It's cool. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking, so, I thought, I thought Phil was going to pipe into the podcast from like a heart shaped tub in fucking uh, Silver <laughs> Springs or wherever he is. Fucking! Uh, I think he's in Holiday Valley. Yeah, yeah. So what what happened with uh, his frozen pipes? Did he have a lot of water damage? I have no idea. I never really got to talk to him about it. I mean, my sink, my uh, my kitchen sink, the cold water freezes. We've had to like I put a heater in that can't figure out. It must be. I know we have a crawl space underneath the house. Like we have a basement, but then there's like a tiny crawl space. And I think that's kind of where the kitchen is. And I think the water pipes go down through there. So our, our cold water just on the kitchen sink has been frozen for the last two days. Sucks. Hot water works, but the cold's not working. But nothing's exploded yet, so I think we're doing okay. So, yeah, whatever. So, uh, everybody's really quiet. Nobody's got nothing, huh? <laughs> What are we looking for? Joke. Well, hold on. This. So, did anybody do watch the video I sent over before we started? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, for the listeners that are listening, um, so uh, the Meekum Auction posted a video of a few like non-standard but standard bikes going through. Nick, what were they? They were a CBX. Uh, the first one was a, a Kawasaki Z1R. Yeah. Um, then there was the CBX, and there was a an H2 triple Kawasaki H2 triple. And they all looked um, like restorations. I don't think they were like zero. No. Miles. In in fact, the the video was sort of. I think it was taken by a guy who was like videotaping his TV, a British guy, 
and yep. he was commenting on like the the Z1R. It's like, man, that that doesn't even have the original exhaust. It's not, you know, yeah, it's but- it's like uh, stuff like that. But I think the Z1R went for probably twenty seven thousand dollars somewhere around there. Yeah, um, which this guy CBX, remarked was like CBX most he's cool. ever seen one go for. Yep, and then the CBX. I've never seen a CBX, and that it was like. It didn't have luggage or anything. I don't even think it was no. original, right? It was like black. Yeah, the CBX did come with the. It had an aftermarket exhaust on it, but it did come with the original exhausts with it, just not on the bike. Okay. Um, and it went for what, like fifty thousand dollars? Fifty plus thousand dollars. Yeah, that's that's insane. insane. And then the H two, which there's, you can still find H twos. I see them yeah. regularly for five to seven thousand dollars. Mm. In decent condition, and what did that one go for? Like twenty nine or 20 oh twenty something? Yeah, yeah, twenty. But it was like twenty one, but I can't yeah. remember. That's insane, though. Like, how long do you think this kind of pricing on this shit is going to last? Well, as long as the people who are willing to pay for it last. But do you think some of these guys are going to be stuck with a bike that they'll never get their fucking money out of? Like, yes. If you pay fifty thousand dollars for a CBX, I think you better really like that bike. And if you do, we're not dog, like I'm not dogging the guy. Like if that was his dream bike, and the dude has money, and that's the bike he wanted, and he's gonna, and he shouldn't it. have bought it on Meekum Auctions. Well, there's that too. But and you know what's gonna be sad is to see those bikes go and just be put in a collection and never rode, and you know just sitting there doing something like that. Yeah, honestly, that's probably where they're gonna end up. Um, so I'll, you know, I, I would imagine, and I don't, I don't know this, but I, I would imagine that these are probably museums uh, or collections buying these these bikes. Yeah, it could be. Could be. That's just sad. I think it's from Fourth of July or something. Like that. But so Smith, did you see? I saw a Janus that doesn't suck. Uh, he might not be listening. He took his earbuds out. That's probably good. <laughs> Early spring. Hold on, we're waiting for him. He's having a different conversation. Yeah, Chris. Yeah. Did you see that? I saw a Janice that I actually liked. I saw that you like the uh, the little uh, uh, what cafe racer? Yeah. What is that called? That thing. It's called the Griffin. Oh yeah. yeah. Hmm. Did they make that in the four fifty or no? Oh no, not not yet, not yet. It's all. All the two fifty. Okay. Uh, there they and and they have a scrambler style too in the two fifty. Mm. So, hey, so I got another joke for you. You want to hear another joke? Oh yeah. So a guy from Nebraska moves to Florida and goes to a big box, everything under one roof department store, looking for a job. <clears throat> the manager says, "Do you have any sales experience?" And the kid says, "Yeah, I'm a salesman back in Omaha." So the boss says, "All right, I'll give you a job. You start tomorrow." And I'll come down after we close and see how you did. So his first job, uh, first day on the job was pretty rough, but he got through it. And the store manager came down and says, uh, how'd you do? How many uh, sales did you have today? And the kid says, one. Boss says, just one? Most of our salespeople average 20 to 30 customers a day. How much was the sale for? He says, $101,237.65. <laughs> the boss says, 101000 what the heck did you sell? Kid says, well, first I sold him a small fish hook. Then I sold him a medium fish hook. Then I sold him a larger fish hook. 
Then they sold him a new fishing rod. Then I asked him, where, where are you going fishing? And he said, down the coast. So I told him he was going to need a boat, so we went down to the boat department. I sold him a twin-engine Boston whaler. Then, I, then he said he didn't think his Honda Civic could pull it, so I took him down to the automotive department, and I sold him a 4x4 Expedition. The boss says, a guy came in here to buy a fish hook, and you sold him a boat and a truck? Kid says, no, the guy came in here to buy tampons for his wife. And I said, dude, your weekend is shot. You need to go fishing. <laughs> you guys got to keep up. Oh, my gosh. It took me a second to process. <laughs> oh, man. I'll send out the notes later. You guys can. Oh, <laughs> no, that was all right. It was good. It was you'll good. you'll you'll stay up all night laughing to yourself. Oh, that oh, was a good boy. joke. It's a long trip for a small payoff, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a long. Well, that's the that's the Christmas specialty. <laughs> <laughs> a long slide. Yeah, for a so, short run. So, uh, what a. Uh, so this is the first, well, not counting last year, but it's kind of weird. So all the Facebook memories keep popping up right now of the Cleveland IMS shows because mm. this must have been the weekend that they usually took place or something because I keep getting all the like, hey, you remember this? And we're all at the fucking IMS shows and stuff. It is kind of <laughs> weird not to have one of those this year and not have like something to look forward to to go to and see all the new stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I miss IMS shows are coming back to Cleveland ever. I think we're done. But the IX Center is not dead. So another company bought it, and they're gonna they're gonna renovate it. So the IX Center is still gonna be a fucking place. They're taking out the 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 windmill or what do you call that thing? The uh, Ferris wheel. They're, yeah. they're taking that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're taking the windmill out too. But <laughs> <laughs> so they're taking the Ferris wheel out, and yeah. they're gonna reopen it. So they're gonna make it. Oh, that's a bummer. I thought they were going to do no. What are they going to do at the? Are they just going to continue to do like the Cleveland Auto Show, which is like just dealerships coming in? Or? You know what? You know what they said. They're going to start to um, put in permanent walls so that they can split it up uh, more appropriately. So mm. if you remember, we've been out at the uh, the motorcycle show and. On another half of the uh, the IX Center was a bridal show or something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, and it, it it just didn't work. So I, um, the way I understand it is they're going to construct some sort of permanent, you know, barriers so that they can have two different or three different shows under the same roof without any interference from uh, people like uh, Steve Sleepy Cinch, you know, yeah. you, you, you know, wandering into the bridal show and. Uh, you know, showing his bridles. Or trying on, all right, the one year I was trying on chaps and didn't realize that, you know, when I stepped behind the curtain, I was in the other show. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And those chaps think? are very revealing. What do you think all the, uh, the leather houses that were showing up the last few years are going to do now that the motorcycle shows are gone. Man. <laughs> or all of the, the snake oil salesmen who go yeah. to these, the shows to hey, sell Nick, are those glasses. Let me see your glasses. Let me show you how I can unfog. <laughs> them. Oh, man. 
Well, yeah. you know, year, years ago, we were out at the, uh, the IX Center, and I was surprised that there is a, um, there is a uh, physician who is a plastic surgeon out there um, trying to sell uh, tattoo removals. Oh. And uh, what, 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 which was interesting, but I went up to the guy and I said, why the hell aren't you at the, at the, uh, the bridal show? That's where the, the mother of the bride is going to pay big money to have that big tattoo removed, you know, you know, from the middle of her back, you know, yeah. here, at, here at the motorcycle show, nobody gives a shit. Did you have the wrong point. market here, pal? Did you ever see about, I don't know, maybe seven or eight years ago, Saturday Night Live had a skit with those girls that are awesome, like the ones that were in Park and Rec and all that, like they, uh, Amy Poehler and all that? Yeah. And it was like, it was like a, it looked like an underarm deodorant, but it was like a tattoo remover. And it's like, hey, me and the girls on spring break 1996 went to Cancun. And she goes, we made some bad decisions. And so she lifts up her back of her shirt and it's all four of the girls like faces in a tattoo, like in a tramp stamp. And it's just terribly done. And she's like, but now with this, we can get rid of our mistakes. And so she rubs it on the back and she's like, the pain and sizzling means it's working. And so, <laughs> like and she says, after 10 applications, let's look. And so they go and it looks like a burn victim scar area, but the tattoo's gone. And then she goes, now nobody will remember or know the bad decisions I made in Cancun. And so she looks at her husband and they're both white. And then her son walks in. He's a seven foot tall black dude. And he's like, hey, mom, what's up? <laughs> and he just walks away. It was fucking great, dude. It was, oh, man. And it was exact age of her last trip. So it was like she was like he was 18 and the trip was 18 years ago or something. It was fucking brilliant, man. I miss I miss good old Saturday Night Live like that. That was funny. So yeah. So uh, Smith and Dan, you guys got to wear skirts and go do something a week ago. What'd you guys do? We talked about this last week. I know, but we didn't go over the whole thing. <laughs> we were we went to Burns Night. So explain Burns Night again. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear that again. Well, let's go through it quickly because I don't remember that. But then again, I was we, wear skirts and, <laughs> we wear skirts and drink whiskey. Oh, okay. Sounds like a good time. Yeah. So it was the eighth annual Robert Burns uh, night at Market Garden Brewery. And uh, Andy Tavikum, a friend of ours, has been uh, putting this on with the Robert Burns Society of Cleveland. And after uh, seven years of trying to get in, uh, this last year, they let Dan Kromke come in because uh, – <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. So Kromke's been, I've going. been going. To, I've been going to that. I've probably been to five of the eight that they've had. All right. So they oh, finally wow. let Chris Smith in. But uh, <laughs> very So nice. you know what? The, the, the food was very interesting. They had haggis, traditional haggis. And they had curried haggis. They had what's called um, uh, shepherd's pie. Uh, and then they had uh, roasted root vegetables and uh, some mashed potatoes. So the food was exceptional, I thought. And, and the haggis, um, a lot of people shy away from haggis, but 
Dan, if if you would agree, um, I thought the haggis was uh, very flavorful and uh, just tremendously uh, delightful. I mean, okay, it is haggis. How does it compare to Spotted Dick? Uh, well, you know, if if you've dated a girl by the name of Spotted Dick, you would know the answer to that. <laughs> haggis is a uh, is a ground uh, meat. Uh, and it's it's mixed with uh, oats, and uh, it's stuffed into a large casing, which is about the size of um, cinches. Well, I I won't go there, but it's it's about six inches in uh, diameter, and it's baked, and uh, so it's it's uh, you know depending upon the uh, the meat and the spices, it's it's delightful. So. <laughs> So it sounds like kind of like a meatloaf stuffed in a casing. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Well, tradi- traditional haggis used all the parts of the animal that most people throw away. Mm. Heart, lungs, liver, kidneys. Nostrils. <laughs> Pigs but, but it, But it's, it's all ground up and it's all mixed with spices. So it doesn't make any difference where the meat started it's just <laughs> where where it ends up this reminds me there's a show coming up at the grog shop or one of these bars the hipster bars and it caught my eye because the name of the band is the greatest band name ever it's called massive hot dog recall it's <laughs> 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 like that's a good band name man i'm into it man massive hot dog recall <laughs> i like that that is a good band name yeah so Nick, you've been gone not for what a couple of months? Uh, probably almost half a year. Yeah. So what uh, what's been going on, man? What are you doing down there? Um. Well, I've been working. I, I work for a new company, and I basically design pool lighting and stuff like like swimming pool lighting and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, so that's been pretty cool. Um. I've met up with the Incriminator Scooter Club. They're they're lo- actually local to to the town that I'm in, Durham, North Carolina. Um, so that's been really cool. I've been going to their their club meetings and, and stuff like that, going on a couple uh, rides with them. Uh, of course, I haven't had a, a working scooter because it's um, in pieces behind me currently, but I'm working on it. Yeah, but did you uh, get to slay them with the tail of the locked up uh, the '63 Vespa killing himself and stuff? Like, were you able to regale them with all your scooter stories and stuff or? oh yeah they were they were thrilled of all of my stories of being thrown off of my vest but going 60 miles an hour to band camp <laughs> <laughs> did they know so did they know what band camp is down there? Oh, yeah yeah oh cool yeah for sure uh, a couple of them have, have gone in fact they were probably there when i went uh, i just didn't know them at the time um but yeah they're they're, they're a, a good group of guys uh, and girls and it's a it's a cool, cool club. Um, so hopefully, as it starts to warm up again, I'll I'll be able to start doing some more rides with them and and keep going to their their meetings. Um, but other than that, I've been uh, just. It seems like I'm always cleaning the garage, um, and you can see behind me the result is is not a whole lot of progress. But uh, slowly but surely, and um, been working on the the CT140 some more. I I got a new ECU for that, so I'm going to try to start tuning the fuel injection a little bit more. Yeah, cool. 
That's really an amazing project that you've done, Nick. I, I'm proud of you on that one. The fuel injected 140. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, I it's really, I just fired it up a, uh, about a couple hours ago uh, and it's been 20 degrees in the garage, maybe 30 degrees in the garage and yeah. uh, fourth kick started right up and it was just idling beautifully at probably around 800 RPM. Just didn't miss a beat. That's like one of the only, the only other bike that I know that uh, was uh, has an electronic ignition and fuel injection that you could start with a Kickstarter was the Royal Enfield. Hmm. So, you know what I mean? Most, you know, it's not your kickstarting that fuel injected bike is pretty spectacular. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, with the new ECU, I'll be able to run. The problem with the old ECU is it's some Chinese kit that was really not good. And the software to tune it is like a knockoff of Tuner Studio, but it ha- it's all locked off and you can't do all the things that you really need to do to tune it. Um, so I'm going to be using an actual, you know, mega squirt compatible system and should be able to do a lot of the, the cool auto tuning steps to to get it to actually run really well throughout the entire range. So you mean you're going to get it to sing? You're going to use Autotune? <laughs> oh, it'll sing all right. There's nothing <laughs> like when like Chinese companies rip something off. You get excited at first. You're like, "Holy shit! I can get this for ten bucks!" Right? Yeah. They did that with the helicopter, the RC helicopter thing. And so there's a there's a flight control called the V bar, and the V bar is about four hundred fifty five hundred bucks. And, you know, and then you get the software to tune the helicopter and everything. Well, the Chinese companies ripped it off. And so for a long time, they were selling a thing called K-Bar. And you'd go to the other website, download their software. The K-Bar thing would come. And as long as you didn't use updated software, you could tune and do the K-Bar. So I recently just put together a helicopter again. And I had a K-Bar from like years ago. And I slapped it on and I was like, oh, shit, I need the software. So I went and I tried to download the software and it, like this giant red thing popped up and it's like, you do not have an authorized code. You will not download the software. So now like, I can't even do anything. Like, I can't program it. <coughs> I'm sure I can go to GitHub and find it, but that's like the risky take when you're like messing around with like some like bootleg shit is some, yeah. at some point the vendor's going to get smart and shut your ass off and then you don't have any way to control it or do anything. Right. Well, the thing with this this ECU, the Chinese ECU, is when you're running their software, it is very obviously a ripoff of the legit software. Um, and it, it comes with this big warning where it's, it's like if you try to use like genuine Tuner Studio with this board, it will brick it. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what they did with V-Bar, too. If like mm-hmm. you try to get around it and download the new shit and run the old V-Bar, you're going to have a brick. You're done. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of interesting. Yeah, but uh, my uh, my end goal with the, the fuel injection progress is to be able to get to a point where it, it runs as good or better than carburetor, obviously. But also I kind of want to get, you know, used to the, the software and how things work and, and, um, and just learn about it to be able to eventually convert the alpha the alpha romeo uh to i mean once adventures. you've climbed that once you've climbed that mountain everything else looks like a valley right well i mean and that 
there's definitely something to be said about that that stupid Chinese kit that I bought on eBay because it it really teaches you, you know, first of all how things work, but also you know what are the the weaknesses. My of, first of fuel thing. injection kit. Yeah. So yeah. with with your Alfa Romeo, is it like yep. uh like it, to do it? Is it pretty much like a standard size carb or like what is what does it need? I guess like what would you think? Like what kind of a system would you need to slap on that? Yeah, well, it's currently got four carburetor. It's a it's a four barrel, two uh, Weber DCOE twin barrel carburetors. So four four separate chokes going into the engine, um, and they make. Um, there's a company in Britain making throttle bodies um, that actually look just like Weber carburetors, which is kind of neat. But they have fuel injectors in them and and all the electronic bits just hidden away. But they look like carburetors. Oh wow! Um, so I might kind of like just, Triumph does with their motorcycles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I might uh, do something like that, um, or I might just slap something. I might actually use motorcycle throttle bodies. You know, GSXR six hundred throttle or one thousand throttle bodies will. Um, you know, each of the the throttle bodies is separate, and they're just sort of bolted together. So that'd be real easy to space apart to whatever I need them to be and mount them to that thing. So, yeah, we'll see. Is it running currently or is this just something to improve it? Yeah, it's running. Um, well, still something to improve it because as I'm driving around, there's little spots in the rev range where it hesitates or it does something where I'm like, well, I could put in the effort to to try to tune this out, but or I can slap some throttle bodies on it and it'll run better than before right away and keep tuning it from there. But we'll see. I think, I think also what this comes down to is I'm lazy and I know that that car isn't running quite right. So instead of doing it properly with the carburetors, I can slap some throttle bodies on it and, and, solve it that way it's it's just a different way of doing things i guess in my mind that's hard <laughs> i'd rather clean two carbs than put do the fuel injection system but it's just you know for you that's mm-hmm. easier for you you'd rather do the fuel injection and i think that's that'll be a nice thing to do to that car if you can get it to work and everything yeah i'm pretty excited about it yep so so i thought of something so since phil's not here and we didn't really do our New Year's resolutions. We could try to swing this, and it'll be like on the cuff because I'm bringing this up right now. So, as a podcast, what do you think our New Year's resolutions for 2022 should be this coming bike season? What do you think we should try to do, or what do you think we should uh, like try to? Let me. Obviously, we're going to go to Mid Ohio and stuff like that. But um, is there anything in your guys's mind that the podcast in general should try to talk about, cover, go to? do um have an event like i mean we did the motorcycle build off is there something else you think we should do this year like let's come up with some ideas and then we can bring these all up to phil when he's back on next week i'd like to have a camp out somewhere whether it's at the compound or your house or go somewhere i mean like like a party weekend aside from mid ohio oh yeah that's definitely gonna happen here just do a friday or a saturday night and fucking cut loose so I finally had a chance. So my, my neighbor, Phil guy, who is the new Phil, that's my buddy. 
I met his brother, Andrew, who's also a cool guy. And so we got to hang out and chill for a minute. We we're having a beer the other day. And so I showed him our video of ice racing. And he was like, holy shit, that's right here. And I was like, yeah. He goes, you guys are fucking stupid. And I'm like, yeah. And <laughs> so he was like, so what's the chances that you're going to have a party this summer and have a bunch of more stupid people over? And I'm like, probably pretty good. He was like, excellent. He's like, what's the chance that there'll be a band? And I'm like, well, now that you said it, you're not going to have a problem with it. Pretty fucking good. So, yeah, no, the camping and a band and stupidity and all that, 100% on. Like, they're they're looking forward to it. So I got no problems with that. So, yeah, that's happening, man. We're going to make that happen. That's awesome. Yeah. But, this might up? be a bit selfish, but I think one of the Cleveland Moto resolutions would be to come down south and maybe go to the, the Barber Museum or – Oh. Or just ride around the the mountains in western North Carolina. I'm on board with that. I'd love to do that. That might be maybe we could do that in like like late spring where it's still like shitty and right, that, not not even that late a spring. You want to probably go like in April. Well, that, well, yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like because like March, once in a while you get a day or two up here in March that's rideable, but usually it's like you're dealing with salt on the roads and all the other bullshit. But I'd definitely be down for leaving work on Friday, driving in and getting there late at night, and then riding Saturday and leaving late Sunday or something sure. like that. Like, yeah. Well, Nick, if we do that, though, you got to find some sweet roads, man. Take us on a fucking journey. Yeah, I'll have to find some roads, and, then, and maybe I'll find, like, a, a campsite or something. Hell, yeah. That sounds good. All right. Like so your backyard. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we can camp in Nick's garage right next to the Alfa Romeo. That's yeah, a- there's no room in the garage. Where where are you exactly, Nick? I'm in Durham, uh, so Durham. really right near the middle of the state. Um, okay. The, the mountains are about two hours away from me. Do they just give away tobacco down there? <laughs> there's a there's a like a walking trail that that actually the 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 what is it called? It's the Greenway. It goes all the way from like Maine down to Key West. Uh, it's like a trail all the way across the East coast and it, it passes right through Durham. It's in this section is called the American tobacco trail. Ah, all right. I just remember like when I go down to, I used to go down to Spartanburg, South Carolina all the time for Joe Nall, the big RC mm-hmm. festival. And I'd be driving through there and it would always be like Raleigh, Durham, uh, you know, uh, tobacco capital of the world and like everything mm-hmm. with tobacco, this and that and tobacco, this and like, and then next to it would be like sponsored by so and so cancer institute. And you're like, what the fuck, man? Like <laughs> that was kind of funny. I like that. Yeah. So Smith, what do you think? What's your resolution for this coming year for the podcast and or motorcycling? You know, I think uh Kramke mentioned a couple of uh nice roads down Medina Way for small bikes. Oh yeah. So, uh, I don't know if you remember that, Dan, but uh I thought you had mentioned that a month or so ago. So I think it'd be fun to, yeah, well, I don't know. I'll, I'll look back on some of our uh, text messages. That's probably a good resolution for me. I'm going to try to get a small bike this, uh, for this summer. Yep. That'll be good. Um, uh, West river road, which is kind of within my area, but also toward Medina. That fucker was awesome. I was coming back from a shoot a couple of weeks ago and I'm like, this road is just, I'm fucking driving like this the whole time. And I'm like, this road would be fun as shit. Yeah. That sounds like it. 
I, that, I think I've ridden on that road. <clears throat> yeah, it, it was, it seemed, and it's a 35 mile an hour road. So like, it's not like, you know, it's perfect for small bikes. So I'll, I'll look that up and mark it down and send you guys links. But it, that road was fun as shit. And I was just driving home in the winter. So it was fun. So the other thing I'm, I'm going to tell you is I noticed that uh, Janus Motorcycles set up a, a, a situation with a uh, small joint down in West Palm Beach, Florida, for them to be a, uh, a designated service outlet and also have one Janus in their joint. So I called Phil to say that he should uh, volunteer to be a, an authorized uh, Janus location and they would give him a bike so people can, can come rolling in and, and, and test drive a Janus in his place. Nothing in the kitchen. And it wouldn't cost them anything to, uh, to have it there. And then all of us knuckleheads could go jump on the Janus and rip and tear and uh, have a good time at uh, their expense. Yeah, and then, like, if you pulled in, people can give eyeballs to both yours and Phil's Janus and see who's is nicer. Well, you know, my I I told him to put mine up on the uh, up on the stand in the window, and uh, yeah, but you're, everybody, you're, everybody can appreciate my Janus. But I think if if you put them up next to each other, his will be shiny and new, and yours has been ridden quite a bit. It's got some miles on it, so I don't know, man. God You've got you. a dirty Janus. Yeah, God love you. <laughs> I, I owe you uh, a, a beer, or rather a pack of beers, because that, that Janus video that I put up um, has earned probably about fifteen dollars. Right. So how does how does that work? Do people go and they look at it, or what? Yeah, yeah. People people watching the video. Actually, I, I, looking at the analytics, um, it's actually people who are searching for the the Janus Halcyon two fifty. Uh, searching on YouTube and, you know, seeing my video and clicking on it and watching it. So yeah, that's, that's pretty it. cool. You got you to put the things in the taglines. On Moto Stories, some of the biggest ones are ones that you wouldn't expect. The SSR one we put up a week ago is killing it. Mm -hmm. like if, if people are searching SSR and ice racing and all this other shit, and it's crazy. <laughs> I'm going to be able to retire soon, man. I'm at 54 bucks now in the old fucking bank account on YouTube, so... You oh yeah! Oh yeah! I'm I'm about to just quit the job and just start hanging out now at home. My well, my best my best video is still how to fix a toaster, and this was a probably from the '90s, a to an old toaster that was given to us, and it stopped working. And I was going to throw it away, but I, I decided to to fix it and make a video about it. And that stupid toaster has earned me. Probably about $200. <laughs> well, let me put it this way. Uh, eight uh, used, new is 24000 but used is eight. So $8,000 camera, $3,000 lenses, $1,000 lights, uh, $1,000 uh, lav microphones, numerous cables and other things and whatever else you need and stuff like that, all put together to do 96 fucking videos in a year and a half, and that earned us a total of $52. Hell yeah. So, well, totally worth it. hundred percent. If you, if you really want to make money, YouTube is the way to go. It's definitely not a passion project. Cause it's definitely, you know, <laughs> a lot of money to be made from that shit. Well, you have to amortize it over 92 years. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
but you never know. Like, like, like Nick says, one of your videos could go viral and get a million hits. And all of a sudden then you have 50 grand. You know what I mean? Like, I think like a million, a million video views will get you about 5,000 bucks. I think it's pretty much what it comes out. It's pretty much right around there. So. <laughs> well, Nick, I'll have to ship the Janice down your way and uh, you can do a more updated unit. More yeah, updated absolutely. Video. Chris, have you ever thought about uh, figuring out, so like they kind of used a Honda motor, like you ever thought about throwing a 450 or a fucking 550 Honda motor in that thing? I have, but I, I don't know that the uh, that the that the cradle, the frame, is uh, strong enough for that. They had to when they built the 450. They had a whole new frame built up for it for the. So I don't I don't know that if you had to retrofit a a 450 in there, whether it would completely damage the thing. I'd have to rely on someone like uh, John McElfresh to uh, advise on that. Understandably. I see a text message. Uh Lost King just got it back. How's the podcast? Tell me. Yeah, it's wonderful. You you know what, Cinch? I would I'd do it in a second. Um, because I I've got a uh a GS four fifty motor uh left over when I was rebuilding my uh eighty one GS four fifty. So I got that, but again, I don't know whether it would be just the weight would be too much for the uh, for the cradle and it might snap mm-hmm. everything in half and you know you just ruin the whole goddamn thing. So you'd be the only uh, Janice with a with a Suzuki engine. Yeah, how cool would that be? Mm-hmm. That'd be <laughs> all right, actually. That'd be kind of cool, actually. Actually, yeah, yeah, it's it it's a good motor, but. Uh, Again, you know, you'd have to retrofit it. And I only have one of these units, so it's not like I can have a secondary one that I can fiddle dick around with and see if it works. Yeah. True. You know, I got, I got one. If I break it, then I'm fucked. So. True, true, true. Right, Johnny? Chew, chubby chew. <laughs> I just watched the uh, update that Liza put out, and uh, there's a lot of empty motorcycles, I got to say. Oh, people have fallen off already? I, I guess so. It must have been it's people not moving that got to them. Right. <laughs> oh, it's sitting. It looks like it was just getting dark over there. They're in California, so. Well, yeah. It's probably around 630, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's crazy. They probably weren't doing much. So the captain was skiing, lost his phone, found it. And now we're maybe going to get him back on the horn here or what? There's a possibility. I told him we're rocking the podcast right now. All right. I sent the link again, too, but we'll see. Yeah. So he must have just woke up and said, fuck it. I'm going skiing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what kind of comments did we get on our ice racing? Was there any good? Was there any bad? Can you see of, any of that kind of stuff? A lot of thumbs up and a couple guys challenging us because they have like a 1974 fucking Husqvarna or a fucking uh, Mako fucking 125 two-stroke would set up with fucking spikes and, and ice racing fenders, and they think they can take us out. And I'm like, well, that wasn't the point at all. Like, we knew I'm okay with that, though. We knew we were with that. How many bikes did you set up with the screws? A couple? Two so far. Two? Okay. So yep. you only need two to race. So, yeah. 
Uh, Phil said Phil. he has enough for a, a third bike and that he has more on order, I think. Yeah, so okay. he left He left the screws in my garage. Um, so today I actually – so, Dan, I fired up your heater, and I got it working with my big – like uh, I have a like 20-pound or whatever. It's like double the size of a normal barbecue tanker. Um, mm-hmm. I fired that fucker up, and I went out there, and I took apart my SSR, and I pulled the seat off to fuck with the seat. Then, so Phil has a whole fucking bag full of clutch levers and brake levers, but I yeah. get the thing to work. So I ordered one off of Amazon that was more like the old school one that we had that's not adjustable. I slapped it on, and it worked instantly. So I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of weird. So I did that, and I'm sizing it up, and so I could put the spikes in the tires. So if we want to have a third bike, because he left the whole fucking tray of things, I could put them in there. So that's up to you guys if you want me to use them or not. Well, I already went down the rabbit hole with my bike, so it's it's up to you know. I don't, whatever you do, you do. All right. Well, maybe I'll do it so we can have a three way. Mm, I love a nice three way. Yeah, a little thruffle going on. Phil says he's not safe for human interaction. Oh. He, <laughs> He, I don't know if he's been at the bar or he's too cold or both, but he's not up for it. Okay. Well, that's fine. He deserves a break. He deserves a, a, a vacation. I'm going skiing tomorrow, but I can tell you what, I'm already banged up, so it'll be interesting. I would like to, but I'm afraid my, my legs would break off, and then I'd have to get more surgeries, so I don't think I can do that anymore. I'm already concerned about doing what we're doing. (laughs) So, so my neighbor guys, they're like, you look a little malnourished. And I'm like, he's like, I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I've been in the country long enough. He goes, I used to weigh a buck 50 and this dude's (laughs) like 300 pounds. (laughs) So I was like, oh, okay. I, I, I get, I like this area. You just get to eat and get fat. I'm in. It's not a fucking plan to me. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> John's like been there, done it. Yeah, so yeah, what's the situation yeah. with the house? It's not all it's cracked up to be. Oh, me? So uh this week our house went up. We had nine offers within a day. We took really? one offer. It seems like it's going through. It was a little bit over asking price, which is nice. But we're also dealing with Cleveland Heights now. So today they had the house inspection. We're waiting to hear that. But then we still have to do the Cleveland Heights point of sale inspection, which they can be complete dicks. They can be like, you have to replace the chimney. You have to replace, I mean, like all kinds of dumb shit. But the cool part is, is that one of the clauses in the offer that we got from the lady was that she's willing to accept up to $5,000 of city violations. Wow. That's pretty cool. She said, well, the cool part about this woman is that, She's lived in Cleveland Heights for like 20 years. She's been running and she's wanted to buy a house. So now she wants to buy a house. So she understands that Cleveland Heights sucks. So that, like, that alone is kind of cool. But I'll give you this. So like I never knew if like writing a letter or not, like when you're trying to buy a house would make a difference. But it actually did. So like we had all these offers and there was a couple that were very similar to hers. But she wrote this letter and the letter was really beautiful. It was like, you know, she talked about how she lived in Cleveland Heights. She loves the fucking area. Um, when she walked in, she could tell that we redid a lot of the work and she appreciated all the work done to the house. And she could imagine her sons playing on this and that and all stuff. And it actually made a difference. Like the little letter made us feel <laughs> good. Like, sucker. 
Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Well, no, it worked no, no, on no. you. No, but it's not like I accepted the lowest offer because of her letter. Like she was actually like there was two offers that were the top and they were the same, and one was hers and one was this like okay. you know, it almost seemed like a corporation, right? And so yeah. it was nice to hear that this person actually wants to live in the house. They want to be part of the neighborhood because I love my old neighbors. Like all my old neighbors are like really good friends of mine and stuff. So I don't want them to get a, like a corporation buying the house and then fucking leasing it out to a bunch of scumbags or something like that. Like, so like, I mean, it kind of did mean a lot to me. Like, and like, you know, like, yes, I hated the house cause I've been there for 10 years and we outgrew it. And like, I didn't have room for my shit in the garage and stuff, but I love the neighbors. I love the neighborhood. And I put a lot of effort and time and fixing and painting and all the shit into the house. So I mean, I think it does make a difference when you know that it's going to go to somebody that like actually gives a fuck. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, cause like right now with a lot of the houses that are for sale, there's like these multinational corporations buying them and they don't give a fuck. Like they might tear the fucking thing down tomorrow. Like who knows? Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. and, and Sucker. make it into a duplex that you just rent or something. And that would just, I'm, I'm expecting Steve to just say now. So anyway, I rejected their offer, but it meant a lot. <laughs> no, but I put a clause in that she has to have, give me one night of, you know, intimacy. And then she get out of the house. So no, no, you put a clause in saying she has to haul your paint shed out to your place in, the, <laughs> in Wellington. I did have to tell them that it would be moving in the next couple of weeks, and they're like, "Okay, cool." And I'm like, "I just have to get all my lazy friends to fucking help me move this fucking thing." So, but but my neighbor, so Phil guy, my neighbor has a car hauler trailer that I can use. I just need a vehicle that can pull it because my Hyundai ain't gonna do it. So. I, I well, do have a big trailer now available to me. Put, put that in the offer. Have the lady who's buying the place haul the trailer out. Oh, yeah. Right. Let me awesome. borrow your car. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I have, an, I have a, a question for you guys, and I think John and me talked about this, but I want to get your guys' opinion. So I'm thinking this spring to take my garage and build – one-fourth of it into an actual shop that's insulated and stuff that I can put a heater and an air conditioner in that with a man door big enough, at least 36 or 38, 40 some inches, I can get bikes in and out of it with the lift and everything in there. And that way I can just insulate a little part of it, keep it hot or cool at my demand in the summer. Do you think that that's okay? Like, do you think you need a permit to build internal walls and an internal structure? No, absolutely not. You can do whatever you want. Okay, cool. But I think that would be the way. And then, like, um, and then I was thinking if you make it strong, um, the top of it, which would be, you know, right at the, the level of the beams and stuff, that could be all storage. And so it's free yeah, space. Like a loft, a loft space for storage. Yeah, like bins. Like you could put all the dumb shit you don't use a lot, Christmas decorations, whatever, above that. It's not taking up any more space. And it's above, like, the, the fenced or walled in shop area that you can actually keep cool or warm or whatever. I like right. it. Because I think trying to heat or cool a big ass area is going to be dumb. Like, mm-hmm. especially, you know, especially without an insulation or anything like that, it's just going to be dumb. How, how big is that garage? Do you, do you know? It's 40 by 60. 40 by 60. Okay. It's a pretty decent That's size. It's pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like 2,400 square feet. Yeah. No, it's good. All my bikes are fucking chilling and there's plenty of room to add more. <laughs> it's more square footage in my house. I forgot, I forgot to tell you guys the best part about getting a big garage. All your friends drop off more motorcycles, so you have more shit for free. 
So I went from having a few bikes to having a snowmobile, a quad, four SSRs, and I don't even know what all <laughs> So it's kind of nice. Have you, have you noticed I've been dropping my phone? No, but you don't. Are like you falling phone. asleep? Yes. Well, you, you missed it last week, though, dude. John fell asleep last week, and it fell into his vagina. And so <laughs> was literally just a giant vagina the whole fucking time. <laughs> oh my God. There it is again. No, no. Last week was straight up like, I don't know what it was pointed at, but it, I think John's belly button looks like a vagina when you're not. I'm not sure. Oh God. <laughs> Where's the bleach? Where's the bleach? <laughs> oh man! So anybody, anybody got a trip coming up or anything? Anybody doing anything during the Corona death spiral? I'm just trying to embrace winter sports: snowmobiles, skiing, snow blowing. Snow blowing. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that in the Winter Olympics? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of failed at the ice ballet on Tuesday. I took a pretty bad fall. Oh, yeah. Where were you at? What happened? Nothing. I was just right outside the door of my garage. And there's all this ice right there that comes up. You know, the, there's an L and L-shaped house. Of course, I'm like lifting a heavy shovel full of snow and ice and slip and go down. It happens. Like I told you guys today, I killed myself leaving the house this morning, man. This shit's no joke. Yeah, I mean, I even, I even hit my head. I went down so hard. Jeez. Yeah. My buddy lost his sense of smell. He hit, slipped on the ice and hit his head so hard, he can no longer smell. Wow. wow. Like still? Like permanently? Yeah. Permanently. Yeah. That sucks. He's probably oh, the yeah. king at this point, though. Because he could just rip him and not care. Yeah. Well, I was farting around him, and he started complaining. I'm like, what do you care? He's like, I still don't want your guts in my nose. <laughs> no, with you, he could taste it. It's not even a fucking thing of smell, dude. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. So, All right. anything else? Anybody got anything exciting? One That's last joke it. from Chris. No, no, I got nothing for you. Keep moving along. Okay. Uh, I really don't have too much uh, that I can talk about. Did I ever tell you yeah. guys the koala bear joke? No. No. Maybe. I don't know. So there's this koala bear, and he's been in the zoo for like 15 years. And he's sick of it. And he's sick of being in there, and he's just sick of his cage. So one night when the guy comes to feed him, he slips a little thing in the lock. The guy leaves and he just sits there and he's like, okay, maybe it worked. I don't know. He pushes the door and it opens. He's like, holy shit, this is awesome. So he jumps out of his cage. He's walking through the zoo and all the other animals are like, what the fuck, man? He's like, I'm out of here. Fuck you guys. I'm sick of this place. I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> have fun. He's like, yeah, fuck you guys. So he leaves, starts walking down the street and he sees a bar and he's like, fuck, it's been 15 years since I had a drink. Like, okay, so he goes to the bar, opens the door, jumps up, climbs up onto the bar stool, sits down, and goes, bartender, give me a Jack Daniels. Bartender goes, uh, hey, buddy, you're a koala bear. You got some ID or something? He's like, no, I'm a fucking koala bear. Why would I have ID? Now, give me a fucking shot of Jack Daniels. Guy's like, 
yeah, I guess there's really no rules about me serving a koala bear, so fine. So he gives him a shot at Jack Daniels. So the koala bear shucks down the Jack Daniels, and at that moment, the door opens, and this blonde walks in. And the koala bear looks over and says, damn, look at that. I haven't had any of that in 15 years. He's like, hey, baby, can I buy you a drink? Girl looks over and goes, uh, you're a koala bear. He's like, yeah, man, I'm cute and fuzzy and shit. Let me buy you a drink. She's like, eh, okay, you're a koala bear. That's fine. So she sits down and he says, bartender, get me two Jack Daniels. Bartender's like, all right, whatever. So a couple drinks go by. They're talking. They're hanging out and stuff. And the bartender goes, hey, koala bear. He's like, yeah. He goes, you got any money? Koala bear's like, I don't know what the fuck money is. He goes, all right, fine. Get the fuck out of here. Take your friend with you. So him and the, the koala bear and the girl get out of the bar, and she's like, so what the hell, man? What are we going to do? He's like, what are you feeling? Like? She goes, well, you want to go to your place or mine? He's like, kind of in between places right now. Let's go to your place. She's like, all right. So this, this hot blonde miniskirt and everything, and the koala bear goes to her place. They walk up. She opens the door. He grabs her, and as soon as they walk in, he throws her on the couch. She's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm a koala bear. And he jumps down, he pulls up her skirt, and he rips off her panties, and he goes down on her and gives her the best oral sex she's ever had in her life. She's like, ah, ah, I can't believe I just got eaten out by a koala bear. He's like, all right, great. He's like, I got to go, man. I'll talk to you later. She's like, well, where are you going? He's like, I got to go, man. I got things to do. She goes, yeah, but I'm a prostitute. You owe me 50 bucks. And he says, oh, really? She's like, yeah. He's like, I don't know you shit. She's like, why? He goes, give me that. She goes, er, they start talking. Hey, stop. I'm telling a joke. You're killing me. <laughs> a bad joke. Yeah, a bad joke. So, Barber jumps up and, you know, the whole thing goes down and she says, you'd prostitute 50 bucks. He jumps up and says, so what, man? I'm a koala bear. I got to get going. She's like, no, dude, I don't think you understand. Maybe there's a language barrier. So she grabs a dictionary. She whips it open and says, look, right here, it's in black and white. Prostitute, woman who gets paid for sexual favors. She goes, you owe me 50 bucks. Koala bear goes, fuck you. Give me that thing. Flips open the dictionary to koala bear, and it says, small furry animal from Australia who eats bush and leaves. <laughs> I did a Smith joke. It's a long buildup to a bad payoff. I like it. I like it. <laughs> oh tell tell him again, John was sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, you know, you know, I can't wait till we can meet together. So what do you guys think? You think like if Phil's not dying of COVID next week, is anybody cool with getting together at the shop? Sure. Right. Yeah, you know, as long as people are healthy and safe, you know, I'll do it. I'm on the backside of COVID, so I don't think I'm too hot. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like, I have AIDS and syphilis and fucking the mumps, but I haven't had COVID in a week, so we're good. <laughs> and he's sleeping again. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, ba, ba. I guess on that point, we, we suck without <laughs> Phil, so uh, ride fast and take chances. Take chances. <laughs> 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 <laughs>